Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warm welcome, a reunited welcome to the three of the offside rule. Number one, Lindsay Hooper. Number two, Hayley McQueen. Number three, myself, Kate Borsay. Hello, girls. Hello. Arriba, three amigos. <laughs> <So> reunited. <laughs> and we've also got a camera filming us in the studio for the beginning of the podcast. So we've mostly this morning checked our hair, mm-hmm. put a bit of makeup on, talked if, about clothes. I wonder if people can sense my side eye. Yes. So we are are being watched this morning, girls, for a little while. Lindsay Hooper, I'm adding a tenner onto your appearance fee because I'm so pleased to announce that we've got this week's winner of Fighting Talk... Here yeah, in the studio. I heard about this. I was so pleased. Well, number one, I didn't even realise how many times I'd been on. So when Colin does the intro at the start, he said, oh, it's his seventh appearance. I thought yeah. I'd been on five times. Lucky number seven. Yeah. How many Lucky years has this uh, Radio 5 Live fighting talk career uh, lasted Only so two or three. I've just been on a few appearances per season, so two or three seasons. So you've won for the first time in two or three well, seasons. Yes, because... <laughs> but still... Well, Colin really went for the jugular at the start. I mean, his intro was, Lindsay never comes above third. And I had to point out that the last time I was joint second, yes. which sort of in some people's eyes equates to third, but but it was joint second in mine. And then he introduced Matt Ford, who was one of the other guests, and said Matt's won once, which is once more than Lindsay Hooper. And oh, I was again. like, whoa, I'm getting it from all angles Absolute here. Pelters here, aren't yeah. you? But you're a Wolverhampton lass and you don't criticise a girl from Wolverhampton like that because she's going to come fighting back and fighting back you did and you showed that Colin Murray, didn't you? I did and at the end I thought both of you would have really had a a smile on your face when he said, you're a bit competitive, aren't you? (laughs) Funnily enough. 
Um, Hayley, you've been out and about at some awards. Well, in fact, loads of awards ceremonies. I'm seeing lots of pictures of you in beautiful maternity gear. Already the face of so many maternity brands. I know, right? (laughs) Just been getting free clothes given to me. It's brilliant. I want to be pregnant forever. Plus also, can I have them? I don't think I need the bump. I'll just have the clothes. (laughs) But also, because you get quite paranoid. I'm not the skinniest of girls. I like being a curvy woman. I like being, you know, that girl that girls can look to and think it's okay to be a size 12 to 14 and be happy with it. So normally I do struggle to borrow dresses because they come in sample sizes and they're t- I can't even pull them up over my knees, let alone my <laughs> arse. So when I get these lovely gowns to wear on the red carpet, I can't eat the morning before. I'm worried about carbs for a couple of days just to keep the stomach in. Now I just let it all out. It's great. <laughs> so I have been, yeah, it was the BT uh, Sport Industry Awards, which was great. So I went up on stage with uh, Fabrice Mwamba. So we're having a bit of a chat about the PFA and all the changes there. He's, of course, worked with the PFA for quite a long time. I've got another good one coming up as well with the Premier League. Oh. You know, the poetry. You know, yes. they do, yeah, for reading they do the reading Yeah, stars. lots of people did a, a poem, yeah. didn't they? I wrote a little poem. Oh. Yeah, I did. So I've been invited to go along to a poetry party. Have you released this poem yet? It has been released along with some of my fellow Sky Sports colleagues. Oh, nice. Yeah. What's do your you poem know it about? off by heart? Uh, no. Okay. In fact, I can't even remember my own lines and I wrote them. <laughs> but that's just how I'm rolling at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, it's been your birthday. It yeah, was. Uh, but apparently you. you're now two years older than you actually are. I added two years onto myself. My own mother had to say to me, Lindsay, you're not that age. <laughs> um, I knew it was an odd number and I knew it wasn't one that I really wanted to celebrate massively. I apparently am two years younger than I thought. Oh. And you celebrated over the Easter weekend by mm. going home to see your parents and wasn't it a beautiful weekend? Perfect for sunbathing, Lindsay. Oh. I'm not happy about this at all. I haven't told you both, but so I went I went home. Perfect, like you say, sunbathing weather. So my dad had got the, the chairs out of the shed. You can go and lie down for a few hours. So I took my magazine, thought I'll have a bit of downtime, a little bit of rest. Got comfy, looked up and saw that my mum and dad's neighbours about three doors up have erected a West Bromwich Albion flagpole. <laughs> this flag was waving and I was oh my gosh, you're going to have to move house. This is my mum and dad. This is my family home that I've always lived in. They've been there, I don't know, 35 years. But now I feel like I I can't sunbathe in the garden. I can't look at this. Who on earth is allowing this to happen? Shall we erect a wolf's flag? Yes, yes. That's what you need to do. I think think there's no other solution but to try and drown out the noise of the West Brom flag Mm. by putting up your own flag. And if it's not a wolf's flag, Lindsay, it could be any flag you want to state your case. I don't want to be sipping on my summer cocktail you know, in my bikini, got the towel out, having a read, looking up, seeing that. Who wants to? Mm. It's just, it's imposing and I'm really, really annoyed about it. Oh gosh, I can tell you're absolutely seething. Well, do you know what? You celebrate a birthday with some other important people in the world of, of sport. Half of these names that I found online, I have no idea who they are, but top find, Steph Horton and you have the same birthday. <gasps> Did you know that? No. She was 31. Captain. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Beckerman was born on the exact same day as you. He turned 37. Nathan Baker, just a few footballers. Lee Young-pyo. So uh, (laughs) as as far as the births go in the world of football, it's not brilliant. But you do share the same birthday as John Cena, WWE star, of course. I'm not bothered about him. Shakespeare's the biggie. 
Well, yet you were born on the same day as Shakespeare, but he also died the same day that oh, he was born. I, know. I, know. I don't want this to get too morbid, but that I quite like that. Yeah, and, uh. Will, Will, <laughs> and William Wordsworth also died on the 23rd of April. Oh my God, so you, you share your birthday with some literary geniuses. And St George, he slayed the dragon. Cripes, okay, well, what a good birthday for Lindsay Hooper. All right, so later we're going to be talking about high points in the season, but first, it's time for a clear out. For sale. Hayley, you're a fan of selling on goods on eBay, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're bored of things, things aren't quite right, Mm -hmm. they don't quite fit right. Maybe they've been in your wardrobe for several seasons and they're not really giving you value for money, right? That's exactly what it is. So instead of consigning these items to the attic, which is essentially out of the squad, gone. Get the money, take the money, buy some new clobber. So at Manchester United, I think that's where I'm going to focus, okay? Mm. Players who can go as far as I'm concerned. Juan Mata, bye-bye. And a Herrera, see you later. <laughs> Adios. I think they've actually already agreed deals elsewhere anyway. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem. Antonio Valencia, who has been there as a really long time, so long that I've worked at Sky for seven years. I was Man United before then. And he signed when I was at MUTV. I did his first big uh, interview. It wasn't in English, but he's come on really well. A real big player favourite as well, of course. He's picked up a couple of awards at the end of season. Player of the Year awards. There's only one player that's been there longer than him, Ashley Young. Oh, he's been there forever. <laughs> Said with raised diamonds. No, yeah. um, it, just, it feels like he's been there my entire life. Do you know, he's still doing okay. He's, he's still, okay, yeah. Still, is, he, is he good enough for Manchester United I would have him aspirations? As a, I would have him as a squad player, yeah. yeah squad player. Yeah. It, it basically basically depends whether that whether he feels that that's his home and there's no point mm. moving on anywhere else. He's happy with, with, the, with the game time he's getting and perhaps he's doing his coaching mm. badges there and life's, you know, trickling along quite quite happily for him, thank you very much. Mm. Could be. I also think Matteo Darmian or Marcus Rojo, they'll both leave as well. They've not played enough and I think both probably a little bit too good just to sit on a bench. They could make it elsewhere and be regular starters, but they're just not at Manchester United. The big question is, Alexis Sanchez, who has a contract until 2022, who's on 400 grand a week, how do you fit him into the squad? Ole wants youth. He wants energy. He wants pace up front. And we know we're not going to get that with Sanchez. The only team I guess I think he could potentially go to is Paris Saint-Germain, the only team that could afford his wages. Mm. So if they don't let go of him, what do you do with them? Do you build or do you try and build around him? Do you do you even try and do that with Pogba as well? And I don't think Paul Pogba's absolute future at Manchester United is nailed on either. You don't want to start building a team around individuals if you know these individuals are going elsewhere. I think Ollie's going to be looking to slightly more youthful players and maybe a little you bit more of a long-term project. If a, a slight change in the system mm. and personnel could free up Sanchez a little bit more. I mean, the energy factor that you're talking yeah. about and the pace he did show at Arsenal. Mm. I mean, he, he single-handedly ran games for Arsenal when, when he was there and changed them. But he's never, ever looked like that sort of player at United. So he I also, wonder if that's going to change. And on top of that, Sanchez gets a 75 grand appearance fee to top it all off. That, that kind mm. of really rubs salt into the wound, especially if you're a Man U fan, right? You have to think as well about the effect he has on the dressing room because so many Mm. people have talked, even when he was doing really well at Arsenal, that he was a lone figure, very isolated. And you look at the the teams that are coming through now, like Spurs, where they've got massive togetherness, haven't they, Mm. uh, in that team, especially when you look at how depleted they've been. I know we're going to move on to them and their European exploits later, but you have to use that comparison and you need 
the team to all be fighting for each other. And if you've got someone that's not really making themselves part of it, mm. yeah. it's a huge problem. It sounds like you're having a massive bargain end sale yeah, here. I, so who else? L- Lukaku as well. He doesn't fit into what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is looking for. A quicker style of play. I'd be happy to get rid of him as well. Take the money now and David De Gea. He could have gone for big bucks in the past and signed for Real Madrid, but he was worth more on the pitch for United. Is he still... I don't think so. I've absolutely loved De Gea. He's, of course, won players' player of the season, fans' player of the season for many years in a row. We all know that. But I think in his head, he's already leaving. I think that's why his performances haven't been quite up to scratch. His mistakes have been actually quite costly for United in terms of what they're going to get for him, potentially not as much as the last couple of seasons if we were to go to Real Madrid. But again, he could be going to Paris Saint-Germain. So maybe they do a, maybe not a buy one, get one free with Sanchez, but they could strike up some kind of deal, mm. couldn't they there? Because the last time they did a deal with Mkhitaryan oh. and Sanchez, that went so well. Yeah, so, <laughs> so well. But yeah, he's been an excellent servant, a hero. Paris Saint-Germain, probably the only team that can afford the price tag of someone like De Gea as well. And I think I could see him fitting in there. So who's the bigger upset within the changing room then? Oh gosh, I mean, that is a tough one, isn't it? More team building exercises, team (laughs) building, that would help in the summer holidays, maybe going off to a camp somewhere, making them climb trees, forget their mobile phones, no social media, no hairdressers on site or stylists, just back to basics, camping in the woods. I heard of a a very interesting team building session, corporate one, but it Mm -hmm. could apply in the world of football because as we've talked about with transfers and commodities and, you know, getting rid of things that you've had enough use out of in order to free funds to bring in new supplies. This corporate togetherness day was based around nakedness. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the Dutch. They're used to just being naked, aren't they, in the dressing room anyway, I, I guess. I suppose but, so. But there was, I, I one think... One big ice bath. The idea behind this was that there was now nothing to hide, literally. Right. Nothing to hide at all. And that everyone could this be could completely problems. honest. You know, comparison problems could emerge oh, here. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Lindsay, Arsenal. Now, they are the other team, as well as Man United, who are languishing at the bottom of the form table. So... I want to hear about them. In fact, the Telegraph claimed this week that the Arsenal players are confused by Unai Emery's tactics. Who's got to go? What's got to happen here? I think there's going to be a huge overhaul at Arsenal and there has to be. I mean, two bits of business have already been done. We knew that Aaron Ramsey was going to Juventus in July. He's now played his final game for Arsenal, unknowingly, because he got injured. That injury for his hamstring means that that, that's it now. His Arsenal days have done. But might I add, what a professional he's been, knowing that he was going and putting absolutely brilliant performances for the club and I still think is a player that they should have tried to hold on to in complete contrast Denis Suarez uh, came in played just 95 minutes of footballs gone back to Barcelona he's an on loan move back in January and has been dubbed the worst signing in Arsenal's history <laughs> which is going something right? well if you look yeah Colstrom and different people that you think <laughs> over the years but I, I mean he has to be up there doesn't he so look reading between the lines I think from all of the different experts and journalists that cover Arsenal regularly that I've been looking at if we added it all up probably about seven players could be leaving this summer Mustafi has to be going surely Ozil I mean, he's going to be difficult to offload because of his wages, but someone like PSG, who we always talk about because they've got the money, they could go in for him. El Nenny, I think, will go out. Mm. There's a lot of players going out. Let's talk about some coming in and what I think that they really need. So it's that creativity in midfield. I mean, if you look at Aubameyang and Lacazette, that's two good strikers, but they need to have more 
quality balls delivered from midfield, more creativity going going forward as well. So someone like Ryan Fraser from Bournemouth has been mm-hmm. linked. I, I know that there's a few different English clubs with with their eyes on him in the Premier League. But some from outside Europe that you might not be as aware of, if we're talking about PSG taking all these players from the Premier League, how about one coming the other way? I rate this player highly. Christopher Nkunku. Now, he has that little bit of sharpness to him and his player, the bit of bite in midfield that I think Arsenal have been lacking for years and years. They need that player that's going to get stuck in. That would be him. We all know the problems of Arsenal's back four. I think that's where they're going to ship out quite a few players. They'll probably hold on to Koscielny. He's probably worth holding on to. But Ajax's Nicolas Tagliafico, I think he'll probably come in. Getafe, I know they've been keeping eyes on Dejene Dakonam. So he's another player that you might see introduced at Manchester United Eric Bailly that Hayley didn't mention could he be going out I mean he would maybe be quite a good fit at Arsenal and they are an admirer I would like to keep him he could potentially be going Mm. I don't think yeah I don't think it's nailed on that he's going to be staying this summer but personally I would like to keep him the only thing I would throw in is are Arsenal missing a superstar like Virgil van Dijk someone who is a big name who is a dead sir who is expensive yes but they've got the funds now especially if they offload you say they've got the funds apparently 40 million apparently 40 million is what he's got to spend so he's got to do yeah he's he's got to do some serious he's got to offload and he's got to bring in it's quite a big job Um, by the way one other name to give you Sampdoria Dennis Prayet because he's been Mm. linked quite a few times with Arsenal so it could be another Mm. one coming in but you're looking at Emery going around Europe using his expertise from playing you know all that success that he had in Europe in the Europa League he knows his European players and that's the sort of business you'll be seeing I'll leave you with one final question Mark Mkhitaryan Mm. I'm not sure I'm not convinced All right, well, it's not all bad news for Arsenal. The women's team are back to league-winning ways after a seven-year hiatus. They wrapped up the type at the weekend against Brighton at the Amex. Don't ignore that, by the way, the Amex. They played at the Amex. Fantastic. Thank you, Brighton, for that. A record crowd there for a women's game. 5,265 went along to see that. Brighton setting a new WSL record, not just for them, but for the whole league. Miedemar in fine form during that game. She is is absolutely awesome. Vivian Miedemar. So I don't mind revealing this. So we get a, a vote for the Football Writers mm-hmm. Awards and for the Footballer yes. of the Year in both categories. And mine did go to Vivian Miedemar. So I know that too. I know that Nikita oh, Paris won it. She has won it and she has had a fantastic season. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to take anything away from her because it was such fine margins between the two. But for me, I just think Miedemar just edged it. You two obviously get to watch a lot more women's football than I certainly do. Unfortunately, I find it very hard to try and cover Scottish football the Premier League and all the other sports that Mm. I do for Sky Sports News I do make sure I try and watch as many highlights as possible there needs to be more it needs to be more out there but having followed even just watching that I mean I love it I'll sit back give myself half an hour and just flick through all the highlights so even though I haven't seen admittedly a full 90 minutes of a women's apart from um, Chelsea in the Champions League which was absolutely brilliant really enjoyed it but I'm going to absolutely make sure I start to follow things a little bit more closely particularly with this summer it's going to be great for me. I'm just put my feet up. Yes, and get and get to watch. It's a lot going more. to ignite things. It really yeah. is. Um, quick congratulations to Tottenham ladies, by the way, who've been promoted as of uh, Wednesday evening to WSL one. Of course, it's all got to be ratified by the by the FA, but I don't see a problem. Then they drew against Aston Villa, so they will be a WSL one team from next season. Worth us also dropping in here that if you do like your women's football or if you're thinking about getting more involved with the Women's World Cup this summer, we have some news. <gasps> we are going to be doing every single day. There's a game on. 
football games on. Uh, we will be doing a podcast uh, in our usual style. Lindsay, you're going to be over in France. We're going to be speaking to plenty of people from France. The podcast will be based here with myself, uh, an ex-player and also another pundit as well. And we'll be chewing the fat on every single game of the Women's World Cup and we'll be doing it in our own style so we're not going to bog you down with intense technical detail. Instead we're going to give you all the important lines from the matches as well as what's going on in France as well and the whole general mood of it all. Brilliant. This is the Offside Rule from Money Knees Media. Champions League back again. Kind of a sore point with me. Thanks very much Abby producer for talking about this. On Wednesday night Liverpool (laughs) given... Well, pretty much a seeing two by Barcelona, losing 3-0 at the new Camp. It was messy for you, wasn't it, Kate? Blooming well was, yeah, thank you very much. Just proving why he is perhaps the most awesome footballer in the world, basically, and, and he had to do it against Liverpool. Thanks very much, Lionel. Now a free-kick-taking machine as well. Oh, my what God! You get, I mean, literally, if you tried to engineer that yourself or you animated the perfect free-kick, that would be it. And he just... The difference with Messi being as well that he means every single inch of it. Mm -hmm. And and just to show that, he just keeps doing it. Do you know how (laughs) incredible this is as well? When you look at players who've scored the most goals against the top six sides in the Premier League, he comes ahead of Harry Kane. He doesn't even play in the Premier League. He scored against the top six teams more times. He's in the top five strikers of scoring against against the top six. In, in the, the Premier, Premier League. League. Well, that is just awesome, isn't it? So, yeah, well done to Barcelona. Of course, it's not unheard of for Liverpool to turn round mm-hmm. a 3-0 deficit, is it? But we'll have to find out what happens next week at Anfield. It's, it's pretty much unheard of against Barcelona. Mm. And no yes. goal either. Yeah, well, anyway. Oh, quick one. I was looking at, don't ask me how I happened upon this last night, but I was looking at a list of celebs at the game and came across someone called Buff. Now, who... The Chivers is Buff. Buff? Came with Clivert's son. Not Frank LeBeuf. No, Buff. His name was Buff. B-O-E-F. Like if you're having a dinner and you see... Like like if you've I'll got Buff with someone. Buff and chips. Beef and chips. <laughs> Buff and chips, yeah. So I'd like to know who Buff is. Apparently he's got 1.2 million Instagram what? followers. Maybe an influencer or something. Possibly an like that, but he what? he's apparently Not paternity a, wear. Apparently a Barcelona <laughs> fan. Oh, Abby producer has just whispered in my ear and said rapper. Oh, that'll be why I don't know him then sometimes listening to easy listening and jazz music doesn't pay off does it Uh, All right, let's move on anyway to Spurs who took on Ajax on Tuesday losing at home 1-0 the big talking point out of that game despite the fact that of course it, it isn't all over for Spurs and it will be interesting to see how they fare in that next leg but Ajax do look pretty damn awesome, I have to say. Really, really good stuff from them. But the big talking point from that game was Jan Vertonghen and the potential concussion that he picked up after his clash. Blooded and bruised, and of course he tried to come back on and then he was sick and then he was taken off again pretty quickly. And all that really kind of highlights, I suppose, whether we're doing enough about concussion or about clashes between heads. He should never have been allowed to go back on before he was sick. I don't know how on earth they let that happen. Apparently Spurs said that they did all the necessary checks. They've actually got video footage of them checking and it, and they you know said, look, he did. He, he passed all the tests and he kept insisting. Actually, he spoke to the referee as well or the linesman and he kept insisting that he was OK and they were satisfied with that and that's why he went back on. 
I have come up with an idea to combat this. I mean, not from a medical point of view. I've got no idea. But (laughs) you're hearing people talking about having an impartial doctor. I don't understand that. You know, a medical professional is a medical professional. I think any club doctor is going to see it as a medical issue first and foremost, not a club issue. Looking after his player, isn't he? So I don't understand that. But just from the game point of view and keeping things ticking over, but also having the time to properly assess the player. Yeah, I think that's Which is key, I think, is to introduce a reversible sub. Only in the case of concussion. But as soon as a player gets concussed, the referee says, right, off. You've got to go and get assessed. Mm. And then the manager sends on a player. And then you have as long as you want to assess that player. So it might be 10 minutes. It might be 15 minutes. But if you decide, you can reverse that that substitution if you think that they're well enough to continue. Well, that's a good idea. And in fact, uh, the brain injury charity Headway has called for football's authorities to introduce temporary concussion substitution. So in other words, to be allowed to substitute to allow medical staff that time to make a proper assessment. Top level rugby union games, the player who comes off is assessed. And if they can't come back on, then that sub, as you mentioned, Lindsay, they they become permanent, even if the team's used all of their substitutions already. So in other words, they won't be penalised. The only thing I think that could come back on this is someone saying, you know, is it fair on that player that's gone on? Maybe they do 10 minutes and then they get taken off again. Mm. But I think that is, they'd rather have 10 minutes than just be sat on the bench, surely. Not, not if you're Sanchez and you're getting your 75 grand for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Be quite happy. Be quite and happy. that time, by He'll the way, actually put reversible sub. <laughs> To be used. On the back of his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Reversible something. Uh, anyway, so time, time-wise, time Lindsay, just picking up on that, rugby, it's 10 minutes that they get to assess that player. A five-minute on-field assessment in cricket, if we have a look at that one. Temporary subs for concussions allowed. Again, that was brought into English County Cricket last year. NFL, of course, that's perhaps the most contested sport in terms of head injuries. In fact, I read a really scary stat about how all of the, all of the top-level NFL players, all of them showed signs of potentially dangerous brain damage even if it's a very small amount all of them showed signs of that so that is a sport where of course it's a huge talking point but they have doctors in the stands video equipment to monitor players behavior if they are suspected of concussion and if they have concussion then they're taken off and they're not allowed to come back on well, we wish Jan Vertonghen a speedy recovery. Whilst we're on Champions League, not just the men's games, of course, we should talk about the women's. Chelsea, unfortunately, bowed out at semi-final stage to Lyon. And I, and I totally forgive them for this because watching that second half at Kings Meadow, to which over 4,500 people turned up, awesome again, they put everything in. In the second half, they really, really, really pushed for it, Chelsea, and they put everything they had into it and I have to say it was a you know really encouraging performance from them but when you're up against a team like Lyon featuring Ballon d'Or winner Ada Hegerberg etc you know the, the players there are awesome and they have such a strong history rich history in the Champions League they've won it for the last three years running fourth straight final this year and 13th French title in a row they have already sewn that up they've not been beaten by any side in normal time for 120 matches. So they, they, they are the supreme power of European football. It was a game that promised so much and it lived up to it. You were hoping to see two real quality sides going up against each other and that's exactly what you saw. So I think a really wonderful advert as well for the, for the women's game as far as seeing two teams absolutely battling with real high quality. Leon, they just know how to see a game like that out and it was frustrating, I know, to watch as a Chelsea fan if you were there because a little bit similar to the Liverpool Barca performance you know Liverpool had a lot of chances and a lot of possession and you think oh something's going to come 
from it. But actually, these teams, your Barcelona in the men's team, uh, your Leons in the women's game, they know what they're doing. And it definitely is part of their game plan to sit back a little bit and be able to to absorb that pressure. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting was Emma Hayes afterwards coming out and talking and saying that she blamed herself, that she felt that, you know, she'd had a baby and that at the start of the season, you know, those are the things that she attributed to maybe Chelsea not going all the way this season, which which was really difficult to hear because I think she's done fantastically well. And, and you know, also reading and listening to interviews with her before the game, I mean, she was on it. She was absolutely on it. She was working out all her different formations, gameplays, set pieces, everything. She was frenzied. She invited the in, journalists yeah, as well, didn't she? she to frenzied in yeah. her preparation. So Leon go on to face Tony Duggan and Barcelona. It's Barca's first ever women's Champions League final. That was after they beat Bayern Munich 2-0 on aggregate. That final in Budapest on the 18th of May. Who's your money on, Lindsay oh, Hooper? Leon, straight away. Mm. I think Leon will do this. And if you look at both sides of the draw, I think that they've had the much harder route to that final as well. Um, but, I mean, credit to Barcelona. They really have taken strides forward um, over the last 12 months or so. Bayern Munich, again, they were a bit of a surprise inclusion in the semi-finals. So I think for the fact of the competition that they've had to overcome already, I'd say Leon. Hello, I'm Caroline Barker and you can find me on the Totally Football League show. And this week we're talking this. It's not better than someone in the bushes, like. <laughs> no, Can't no, be. No, no. <laughs> this. No, I would argue that Derek Adams and Kevin Bond maybe um, didn't stay cool ahead of the weekend games. And this. Love going to Sheffield United. It's one of the best noises you hear outside the Premier League. Is that generic enough for you? That's the Totally Football League show with this. Available every Tuesday. Just hit subscribe and download on your preferred podcast app to listen to more of our dulcet tones. All right, let's move on to high points. The Premier League title race looks set to go down to the wire. That's unless Liverpool lose at the weekend to Newcastle. Don't do it! And City win at Leicester on Monday night. Don't do it! Uh, but it's official. I am a Liverpool Where's fan, Where's that voice coming from? Oh, oh no, it's stress. <laughs> but it's official. Whatever happens in those games, whoever comes second will have the highest points total for a runner-up. Liverpool currently on 91 that's the highest ever Premier League points total. This is just, it's its awful because it's nail-biting because we're so close, but yet so far. Which would have been enough, by the way. Liverpool's 91 points would have been enough to win them the league in all but four Premier League seasons since its inception in 92. And just to think as well, to have reached that target and to surpass that by the end of the season and to maybe not win the league... And to be knocked out of the Champions League, you will have won and achieved nothing, oh yet God. felt like you'd achieved so much. Seriously, is this meant to be a confidence boost <laughs> for us? But no, it's, it, for is, me? it is a shame because... Oh, yeah. it's more than a shame. Yeah. Last season, of course, City got 100 points. So speaking of which, Hayley, why don't you give me another example of when it's come right down to the wire? When was it this stressful last well, we have to remember Manchester United's famous 1998-99 season when they won the treble. It looked like Arsenal were going to be winning the league again. Their defence had leaked only 17 goals all season, 20 less than Manchester United. It was one point that separated these two sides and... It was just such a brilliant rivalry, wasn't it, between Arsenal and Manchester United then. That's really what it was about, the battle between Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson. It literally came down to the very last game. It was Arsenal who were battling and needed Tottenham to do them a favour. And it just kind of unfolded in this really very exciting uh, end to the season. So that was separated by just a point. Derby County in 1971-72 
one by one point. And on the last game of the season, Leeds United, Liverpool and Manchester City could have all won the league. Of course, it was Brian Clough winning his first major trophy as a manager, trumping all three runners up by just the one point. It was Derby's defeat at Man City in their penultimate match. They dropped down to third. So the title race then became wide open. City then led the league, having completed all their fixtures, 57 points in the table. This is how different it was back then, not the 91, but 57. At second place, Liverpool, a point behind, ahead of Derby on goal average. So that used to come into play as well. In the end, Wolves overcoming Leeds. Liverpool could only get a nil-nil draw at Arsenal, meaning that it handed the title to Derby. It happened again with Wolves. They were pipped, I think, by Portsmouth in the 70s Mm. because of this goal average. I'm going to actually mention the championship because Reading got 106 points. 106 in the 2005-06 season. Now, you may remember this was the Reading team in the championship that had a few uh, Wolves players that went on to Wolves afterwards. Stephen Hunt, Kevin Doyle, not a Wolves player, Dave Kitson, but he was instrumental for them with goals and if you look at that 99 goals they scored across that season as well they conceded just 32 and that has not been bettered it was under Steve Koppel when he was in charge so I wanted to give them a mention I wanted to talk about this Ronaldo and Messi rivalry and and this is a great way of bringing it in when you look at points tallies because it's sort of that whatever Real Madrid can do Barcelona try and do better so 2011-12 no team in La Liga had reached 100 points Real Madrid went and did it in Jose Marie Mourinho's stewardship. He led them to their first title in four years and they became the first Spanish side to get 100 points. And Cristiano Ronaldo was instrumental in that. If you remember that season, he got 46 league goals and they finished nine points clear of Barcelona. Then... Just the next season, only the next season, 2012-13, Barcelona wouldn't be outdone with that. They were like, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. No, so no, no. under Tito Villanova, they hit the 100 mark as well. Straight afterwards, they dropped only two points in the first round of fixtures. Messi, guess what he went and did? Matched Ronaldo. Of course he did. 46 goals, identical. And the thing that he managed to do that Ronaldo didn't is that he scored at least one goal against every single team in La Liga, which is yet to be recreated. So that's a one-time only achievement in La Liga. And of course, there's that rivalry between the two teams, but also the Ronaldo-Messi rivalry too. A quick, quick mention, 102 points Juventus under Antonio Conte. They won all of their home games, conceded just 23 goals all that season. And just to bring it full circle in terms of relegation and points, what do you think is the points tally that has overall down all of the leagues has seen a team get relegated, the highest points tally that's seen a team get relegated? Oh, highest points tally. Well, 40 you're safe, right? So um, highest points tally, 45. So if you're feeling in despair as a Liverpool fan, imagine mm. this is a joint record held by Southend United and Peterborough United. Oh. Imagine getting 54 points oh dear. and still being relegated. Awful. That happened to Southend in uh, 1988-89 in the third division and to Peterborough in the championship in 2012-13. Well, let's be honest, the greatest ever end to a season was in 2012 when the two Manchester clubs, of course this goes down in history, doesn't it? Right down to the wire with Sergio Aguero nicking the win over QPR in extra time to Handman City, the title 
Mantle. Last week, Lindsay, we released our exclusive interview with Pablo Zabaleta. Here he is on that incredible match. When QPR equalised the game and then they scored the second goal, I thought, oh my God, I don't score many goals uh, during the <laughs> season. I, that was my first one in probably the best game. In the end, which is we needed uh, Seco and Nawera to the rescue. <laughs> So that was Pablo Zabaleta speaking to our Lindsay Hooper. To hear the whole interview, uh, head over to the Offside Rule on your podcasting app and you'll find it there with all of our other Offside Rule long-form interview exclusives. They are brilliant. Well, just before we end the show, it's any other business, which I've designed a jingle to, just <laughs> apparently. I think we need to work on that, don't we? I'll try and bring some instruments yeah. in. Anyone out there has <laughs> got a bit of musical talent. Do you not like it? it? Any <laughs> other business. We need that buff to come along and just wrap us <laughs> a little. <laughs> Calling buff. Hayley, you found the worst team in Britain. What, what's this about? Oh, the worst team in Britain is in Scotland, in the Highlands, and it's Fort William. We've mentioned them Fort before. William. Because in a previous podcast, we discussed the referee that was late to the game, but it was okay. It didn't matter because... It was going to be delayed anyway because they had to uh, clear deer poo, deer poo. from from oh, the pitch. It's this team. It's this team. I know more about this team this season. Yeah, and <laughs> than you, most other teams. And there was they've actually scored the most impressive goal in the Highlands League with a wonderful Panenka. But I'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so they scored twenty one goals all season. I mean, if you thought that was bad, yeah. they've conceded. Guess how many? Oh my god! 100? So how many did you say they've like they've scored twenty one? Twenty one. Mm. So they've conceded about sixty or something. Two hundred and forty-five. I, I know. Laugh. So and they've they've finished. Was it, it the deer poo? I think it was. Yeah, just booting them off. Yeah. So it's back to back seasons now without a single win. They last won in April oh. twenty seventeen. Oh, no. I know seventy two game run. They have propped up the table in 15 of the past 21 seasons. They were deducted points as well, so they ended negatively. They could drop down to play junior football. They were given the option of doing that this season. They decided not to, OK? They're a brilliant team to follow on Twitter because they are... They kind of see the funny side in it. It's not funny. You have to when you get yeah, in 200 goals. I think you would have to. They did score this wonderful Panenka penalty. In a defeat, Intentionally. funnily enough, Scott Hunter, okay, he got his second goal of the season and uh, he tweeted after that game about how delighted he was to score and uh, just added, thanks everyone, joint top goal scorer this season with two. <laughs> Brilliant. They and, need um, to bring the deer on, Hayley. They do, you know, a super sub it's of, a, be of a deer. New, new mascot, new mascot. Yeah, four legs rather than two. Let's stick with Scotland just for a minute because another team struggling in Scotland is Partick Thistle. They've been asked to choose their starting 11 for their Scottish Championship relegation decider against Queen of the South. Hayley, I'm sure you know about this as well. The players were told to submit their teams on a piece of paper in a blank envelope. Oh, oh the mystery. Oh. The side need to win against Dumfries this weekend to avoid relegation. Their manager, Gary Colwell, said that in pressure situations, you like to know that your players are going to be on your side. And it said it's given us a little insight into what the players are thinking. What about that? Lindsay, you got a little note here. Would like to speak to us about Darlow, Darlington. 
only because I think it's really refreshing to see that they, on social media as well, but publicly have gone on account to say that they would like to welcome applications for their current managerial vacancy from oh. female candidates oh. as well, any uh, BAME candidates. They are really wanting, you can tell, to, to get somebody in the job and in the role by inviting as many people across the board as possible. My only concern with that is how many with the top badges mm. are available to choose mm. from. There aren't that many. We need to get more and more, certainly the females and BAME coaches yeah. uh, through the system to get them with the highest level qualification. I but. do love the language on that though. Really, really good. Um, and congratulations to Stephanie Frappard, uh, first female to referee a Ligue 1 match in France, all part of the build-up over in France, of course, for the Women's World Cup, shining a light on uh, females, women within the game. And don't forget, more World Cup stuff coming up with us here on the Offside Rule. And final mention for Hayley as well, one of her former players at Manchester United who retired this week, John O'Shea, Aww. retiring after two decades in football. Um, my favourite thing, he nutmegged Figo once. There you go. What a claim to John. fame. <laughs> another claim to fame. We've got another iTunes review. Ooh, really? Yes. This is from Skint 2018. Hopefully they're a bit better off now. Uh, they say, a great listen, a refreshing listen to a knowledgeable male-free podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that, male-free. Yeah. We'd like more though, wouldn't we, Hayley? More males. No. <laughs> Yeah, you you always do our review bit. We would, because if if you basically head on to that section, you can write a little review, give us a wonderful review. We don't accept any negative responses. <laughs> we'll we'll try and find a, a way like of any negativity in our no, lives. And just click on that five star button. Oh yes, That's all please. You need to do. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. It's at Offside Rule Pod for both. Don't forget to head over to your favourite podcasting app as well. Listen, download all the rest of it, and our website, OffsideRulePodcast.com. There are some build-up articles there to the Women's World Cup. Lots of exciting mm. stuff happening there. And check out that Zabaletta exclusive as well. Yeah, it's a really, available. really good listen. Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.